What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What is up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, we're going to go over the Packers, and pretty happy we're able to do so because initially, they were going to be one of the teams I didn't project with all of the Aaron Rodgers stuff up in the air, but now we know, hey, he's returning, right? He's coming back. For one last dance, same with Devontae Adams. So we can actually project the team for this year confidently, and that's what we're going to do today. So we're going to start with their personnel changes, and it starts on the O-line. That's always where I like to start. They drafted center Josh Myers in the second round, but they also lost a couple pieces here and there, and it's not going to look too good for them because last year they had the second-ranked offensive line, This year, PFF ranks their offensive line 16th, middle of the pack. So we're going to have a downgrade on the offensive line. They also lost running back Jamal Williams. That's good news for A.J. Dillon and possibly for Aaron Jones. Maybe he'll get a little more receiving. But with Jamal Williams out the building, A.J. Dillon can finally become that strong RB2 for the team and be a very good, strong handcuff for you for fantasy Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to be very much like Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray. Then they drafted wide receiver Amari Rodgers in the fourth round, who I love and I was super excited about, and I grabbed him in a lot of places, which we're talking dynasty most of the time, so it's actually still a good pickup. But for this year, they threw a wet towel on my Amari Rodgers love once they traded for Randall Cobb because... Cobb is probably going to be their slot receiver now instead of Amari Rodgers. It's probably going to be like, you know, they're splitting time in the slot. Maybe they put Cobb outside at times, and maybe they put Amari Rodgers outside at times. But that Randall Cobb signing really hurt me deep into my soul because Amari Rodgers was somebody I was ready to be one of the better scoring rookie wide receivers this year, despite nobody even drafting him. So, and that that's in regards to redraft. Obviously, in dynasty drafts, he's been getting drafted. But going in the third round in dynasty drafts, rookie drafts, I was like, I was loving it. I was all over Amari Rodgers. Still a good pick for dynasty, like I said. Just temper your expectations this year. They lost linebacker Christian Kirksey, and then they drafted a defender in cornerback Eric Stokes in the first round. So overall, their defense is probably about the same offense. A little bit better in the receiving weapons, a little bit worse on the offensive line, and Of course, they brought back Aaron Rodgers for his last dance, according to his Instagram post that him and Devontae Adams both both threw up together. So let's look at some trends, some history. Like I said, second offensive line last year, 16th ranked this year by PFF. So downgrade there, 13th defensive line ranked by PFF, 32nd in linebackers. That's rough. And then sixth best secondary. That's an improvement from last year because they had Jair Alexander. And they had really good play at the safety position, but their second corner was such a liability. And honestly, that's the reason the Bucks beat them. That was what caused the Scotty Miller halftime touchdown. And if it wasn't for that, maybe the Bucks don't even win that game. So 
They tried to lock up that second cornerback spot with Eric Stokes. We'll see how he does his rookie year. But sixth secondary, that's pretty good and an improvement from last year. Overall, though, their defense is similar. I think that in regards to their play rate, their pass rate, all of that stuff, it's going to be pretty similar because it was pretty much the same both years with Matt LaFleur as their head coach. So if we're looking at the play rate, plays per game, right, they're probably going to be about the same as they have the past two years because not much has changed. So that would be 1,037 plays to work off of this year. They've been actually on the lower side of total plays, which is something that you need to remember because it's something that without supreme efficiency may hold some players back in this offense for fantasy purposes. In 2019, they passed the ball 58% of the time. Last year, they passed the ball 54% of the time. Now, last year, they were a lot more efficient, so that's probably part of the reason why in the passing game. And they also had A.J. Dillon added a great, strong running back to hand the ball to. It's going to make it a little more tempting to run the ball more often. So that makes sense why they were 54% pass rate last year, 4% lower than before. So I expect it to be closer to last season, but the wild card may be the fact that it's the last year for Aaron Rodgers and how much control are they going to give him of this offense because they could easily go out there and run the ball similar to last year, maybe a little bit less. But if Aaron Rodgers has all the control, he might want to throw the ball just all the time. You know, they might not end up running the ball nearly as much. We could see a huge change, but I don't think that's going to be the case, right? Despite Aaron Rodgers probably wanting to just keep the ball between him and Devontae, and, you know, obviously he'll spread it to other people, but him and Devontae are going to try to go off this season. I'm really intrigued by this little narrative we've got going on about them having their last year, not only in the organization, but probably together. So they're probably going to try and do some crazy things together while they can. But that's a cool narrative that I just like run in my head. Anyways, I have them passing 56% of the time this year. So more than last year, right? But less than 2019 because they still do have A.J. Dillon and as their second running back. And I still think Aaron Rodgers is going to be pretty efficient. Now we're going to get into that Aaron Rodgers efficiency and he's going to be working with 581 passes. Just so you know, the team is projected for 456 runs. Getting the runs out of the way real quick for Rodgers, I'm going to project 150 yards, two touchdowns on the ground, not overthinking it. It's pretty much his average, what he's been doing. Last year was his most efficient season as a passer. This is very important. Since 2014, and it was not even close. His touchdown rate last year was 9.1. That is his highest touchdown rate of his career. That is double what his touchdown rate was the last two years. Last two years, 4.2 touchdown rate, 4.6 touchdown rate. He had 9.1 last year. So I think we could see regression pretty easily. He's not going to repeat the best year of his career, a very long tenured career, especially one where he's had much better weapons in the past than he did last year. Last year, it was basically just Devontae Adams in the receiving game and Aaron Jones, if you want to count the running back position. Tanyan was good for touchdowns and stuff, but he's not like a huge threat and he only got like 59 targets. So that that was just insane to me. Now, that's not the only thing he was super efficient on. He was also having the highest completion percentage of his career at 71%. You know what his completion percentage was the last few years? 62%. That's a 9% difference. So we're talking double the touchdown rate 
of the last two years and 10 basically 10% higher completion rate than the last two years. All of this is coming down, I promise you. Nobody keeps that pace for more than one season. I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers. It's historically evident. That does not happen more than once back to back. I expect him to have a good season, but not as much as others do for fantasy. He's going to be a back-end QB1 for me. He's right now projected as my quarterback 12. Now, the only person, and you might sound think this sounds crazy, but the only person that might jump in front of him that we have yet to project at this point is Cam Newton, because I am probably, what it seems like so far, going to project Cam Newton for 12 games, and if he's running as much as he was last year in my projections, and he's just a little bit better of a passer, maybe, I'm not saying it will happen, but maybe he'll jump Aaron Rodgers. So Aaron Rodgers is, at best for me, QB 12, at worst, QB 13 in my rankings for this season. I'm projecting a 66% completion rate. That's 4% higher than two of the past three years, obviously worse than last year. And then a 6.5% touchdown rate, that's much better than like the last six years other than last year, and 11.4 yards per completion, which is basically where he's always hovering around. Now let's talk about Devontae Adams. 32% target share last year. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. 32% target share. He is just a monster. You can always count on him. He's consistent when... Ever he is healthy, he's putting up 20 points. He is mad consistent. I'm sure we'll see it in the consistency charts once I get to those and that episode later on after the projections are finished. But also with Rodgers, he was way more efficient. They go hand in hand, right? If your quarterback is insanely efficient, way better one year, then the efficiency for the receivers are going to have to be better as well. So Devontae Adams had a 77% catch rate. That's 12% more than his next best year. So that's going to come down. His target share probably goes down a little bit, like along with that efficiency. And you guys are probably like, Brandon, you say elite players don't lose shares. And that's true. Elite players don't usually lose shares when good players are added to the offense. But when your target share is 32%, that signals something. That's a red flag. That says, hey, My target share is this high, not just because I'm elite, but because I'm the only option, right? DeAndre Hopkins, elite. Stephon Diggs, elite. Keenan Allen, elite. All these guys are elite, but their target shares are not 32%. And it's because they have some semblance of weapons around them. Maybe Devontae Adams has that semblance of weapons now with Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers. I would count that to be the case, along with Robert Tanyan possibly getting a bigger role. So 32%, I think that's going to go down a little bit. So I'm going to knock his target share down to about 29%. Now, I'm knocking his catch rate down from 77% last year. Remember, 12% higher than the next highest year. I'm knocking that down to 70%. So it would still be a very high mark compared to his career average. The only thing that worries me about Devontae Adams, and honestly, it's a very minimal worry. The only thing is the schedule that he has. It's a very rough schedule, but when you have an elite quarterback and an elite wide receiver, they basically say, I don't care about your schedule, your strength of schedule. So that's why I'm not too worried about Devontae Adams in that that regard. Now, the last thing I want to say about him is he is my wide receiver one, and he is not projected to score the most points among all my wide receivers. I have Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill projected to score more fantasy points than Devontae Adams, but Devontae is my wide receiver one. Why? 
He has been extremely consistent. His ceiling is extremely high. He had 18 touchdowns last year in 14 games. Extremely high ceiling. And I, I can't lie to you. The, the last dance narrative is very intriguing to me. Very intriguing. Maybe Rodgers is like, you know what? This is my last season with Devontae. Whether or not I continue playing, which I'm sure he will, and you know, go somewhere else to a new organization, it's going to be very hard for Devontae Adams to follow him. Plus, we've already kind of got inclinations that Devontae Adams would love to play with Derek Carr, who he says is his best friend and was his quarterback in college. And Derek Carr says he would love to play with Devontae Adams. So we already possibly have a, an inkling of where Devontae Devontae Adams might end up next year if he leaves Green Bay, which I'm sure he will when Aaron Rodgers leaves. So with that in mind, he might just continue that 32% target share to Devontae Adams. Who knows? So it's kind of a wild card there, even more improving his ceiling than it already freaking was because it was huge. So that's what I got on Devontae Adams. Now let's go to Randall Cobb. Kind of we'll throw in Amari Rodgers a little bit here too. So the last time that Randall Cobb was on the Packers, he had a 17% target share. That was in 2018. That's definitely going to be reduced. Like I said, this was a throwing a wet towel on my Amari Rodgers love because I was super excited for him. Him and Amari Rodgers will both be hurt because they're both going to run the slot. And they're both probably going to get pushed outside here and there because, let's face it, Alan Lazard is good, but he ain't great. Equinemia St. Brown, he's all right. He ain't great. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, fellow USF Bull Go Bulls. He's good, but he ain't great. So it's very reasonable to see these guys get moved around. But for the most part, they're going to be running the slot against each other. So not too big on either of them. Randall Cobb, I have a, at a 14% target share. Amari Rogers at a 12% target share. Not really too interested in, honestly, drafting either of them. Randall Cobb's my like wide receiver 60. Amari Rogers is like wide receiver 70 for me. So in super deep leagues, you want some consistency. Maybe Randall Cobb is worth it but not somebody I'm too interested in. Aaron Jones, 13.5% target share last year. And I'm going to let you know from, from the get-go, Aaron, Rod, or Aaron Jones was somebody I thought, okay, once Aaron Rodgers is playing, Aaron Jones might be a top five back for me. And that's how a lot of analysts have him ranked. That is not going to be the case. Not for me. I was actually surprised, but that's how the process ended up forming my ranking for Aaron Jones. So like I said, 13.5% target share last year. They've added wide receivers, much more talent in the wide receiver room. So I think his target share is probably going to go down a little bit. And yes, you're saying, Jamal Williams is gone. Brandon, he's going to take up those targets. Well, first off, Jamal Williams did not have a crazy amount of targets. Aaron Jones can take a couple of those. But if the running back position as a whole gets less targets because the wide receiver position gets more and Robert Tanya starts to get more, because remember, only like 59 targets last year, then there's going to be less to go around for the running backs. Now, I'm projecting 11.5% target share for Aaron Jones, 2% less than last year. His efficiency has always been elite. He's one of the best running backs in the game. His career average is 5.2 yards per carry. That's off of 650 carries. That is not a small sample size. That is amazing. He is basically Alvin Kamara. That's basically what Aaron Jones is in terms of efficiency, in terms of play style, in terms of skill. They're basically the same person. So... I love Aaron Jones, I really do, but I'm probably not going to come out of many drafts with him because he's probably going to get drafted higher than I would take him. He had just over 55% of the carries last year, and you know what? It's probably 
not going to change. Maybe he gets a tiny bit more with Jamal gone, but A.J. Dillon profiles as a guy who could take a lot of volume, and he's a big dude, and another dude who was actually very efficient in that offense last year running the ball. So why would they not just let A.J. Dillon take all those Jamal Williams carries? Because A.J. Dillon didn't have much by himself. So I think Aaron Jones' carry share is probably going to stay the same. His efficiency will stay high, but he's going to lose a tiny bit of target share, and the offensive line is a little bit worse now. So maybe the wide receiver additions offset that, but it's not like he's going to be getting more efficient or anything like that. And the last thing, he's got a horrible schedule. Absolutely horrible schedule for running backs for fantasy this year. So I'm a little bit lower on Aaron Jones. He's about my running back 10, I think. He's like my running back 10. We'll get to that later. But, you know, he's going to be good for sure, but not somebody I'm going to take at his current price of like RB6 or 7 in drafts. Then we've got A.J. Dillon. He's got plenty of carries that he's going to be getting. He's one of the most high-end backups if Aaron Jones was to go down. So he's definitely somebody I'm looking at taking towards the end of drafts for that possible potential if an injury were to happen, which we never wish upon anyone. But like Darrell Henderson's value rose once Cam Akers went down, A.J. Dillon's value would be higher than... Darrell Henderson's, in my opinion, if Aaron Jones went down. Then we've got Robert Tanya, the last guy we're going to talk about. Just a 12% target share last year, but despite that, he had 23% of the touchdowns. Ridiculous. His role's probably going to grow, but his touchdown rate is going to come down. It's going to be closer to the target share. He's got a 14% target share for me this year, 2% higher. That's really what I'm taking away from the running backs. And 20% touchdown rate. So I still think he's going to be more efficient in the touchdown category. I got him for eight touchdowns. He's going to be a back-end tight end one for me. Pretty much fair value at ADP. So if you want to take your shot at him and hope maybe he gets like 100 targets, which I don't see happening, but if he gets like 100 targets and still keeps that super high touchdown rate, then that would be insane. But And he would have a really good season. But that's where he lands for me, back-end tight end one. So with that said, what are the actual projections for the Packers? Aaron Rodgers. I have Matt 581 pass attempts, 383 completions, 4,371 yards, 38 passing touchdowns. And remember, I said 150 yards on the ground with two touchdowns. So you're probably saying, Aaron Rodgers, you only have for 4,371 yards. That's less than some guys that are way less talented than Aaron Rodgers. That's true. But Aaron Rodgers has not been a guy who's thrown the ball a lot. Matt LaFleur. Remember, he came from Tennessee. Tennessee never threw the ball a lot. They like to control the clock and use the run game to set up the pass game. That's what they've been doing in Green Bay as well. And Aaron Rodgers has not had a lot of volume. The only reason he was so good last year was because he was more efficient than any previous year in his entire career, and it was not even close. That is why Aaron Rodgers was so good last year. He was not throwing the ball much. And even the year prior, when he was not very efficient, Guess what? Still was not throwing the ball much. So it's silly for us to say, oh yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers is probably going to throw the ball 650 times and he's going to be like throwing the ball among the top 10 or top 8 quarterbacks in the league and he's going to be mad efficient. So he's a quarterback, top 5 quarterback for fantasy. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. So that's, that's my basically like little mini case against Aaron Rodgers. It's really just a volume problem and the fact that he's not going to be you know, historically efficient two years in a row. So Aaron Rodgers comes out at, like I said, quarterback 12, 13, depending on where I have Cam Newton ending up. 
and he's at 20.8 points per game. That's right behind Russell Wilson. Devontae Adams, I have at 168 targets, 118 receptions, 1,451 receiving yards, and 13 touchdowns. He is at 20.1 points per game. He's my top wide receiver just over Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs, but I would not argue if he took either of those guys above Devontae, and it's because of his consistency and his ceiling. I do have Diggs and Tyreek Hill projected for more, more total points, though. They're, none of them are above 21 points per game, but some of them are at like 20.7 points per game. Remember, Devontae's at 20.1. Then Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, they're at wide receiver 60 and 69, respectively, for me. Randall Cobb I have at 83 targets, Amari Rogers at 64, Cobb at 54 receptions, Amari at 42, Cobb at 622 yards to Amari's 510 and four touchdowns for both of them. Robert Tanyan is by tight end nine right behind Adam Troutman at 10.6 points per game, 81 targets, 60 receptions, 722 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. And then Aaron Jones is, in fact, my running back 10. He's right between Jonathan Taylor at 9 and Antonio Gibson at 11. I have him at 67 targets, 50 receptions, 401 receiving yards, 2 receiving touchdowns, then 10 touchdowns on the ground with 1,182 rushing yards off 223 carries. So all in all, I have him at just about 1,600 total yards and 12 touchdowns. And then A.J. Dillon is... You know, a very, very low running back in terms of ranking, but he has huge ceiling, right? I would take him in like that RB30 range, RB32 range. And I have him for 93 receiving yards off a few receptions, and then 890 rushing yards off 178 carries and five rushing touchdowns. So I think he'll be pretty good. He'll be serviceable in deep leagues, even if Aaron Jones is healthy, but has huge potential if that is not the case. Thank you guys for listening to deep dive fantasy football thank you guys for tuning in we're almost done with these projections just got let's see the broncos the patriots the jaguars left to go and i'll also go over the teams that i'm not going to be able to do projections on the saints and the 49ers thank you guys for tuning in have a good one peace